Our gospel reading this evening was from the 24th chapter of Luke, Eternal Wounds. Jesus loved his disciples, the very ones who fell asleep three times in the Garden of Gethsemane while he agonized and desired for them to watch and to pray with him. His disciples, all of which forsook him and fled from the scene upon his arrest by the Roman guards. His disciples, these were those who betrayed him with a kiss, who followed a safe distance behind, hiding under the cover of shadows, who denied him in his presence while he was being smitten and falsely accused, who cursed vehemently and swore that they knew not this man, Jesus, who warmed themselves by the heat of his accuser's fire while he remained imprisoned, unprotected from the evening cold. His disciples, those who stood afar off, a safe distance away, beholding his appalling and sickening scourgings and horrifying crucifixion at the hands of vile men. Alone, he bore the relentless ordeal of the cross, the torment and confrontation with the powers of darkness, died and was buried. But as soon as all that he had become man to accomplish for the glory of God was finished, as soon as he was resurrected unto newness of life, Jesus sought out and approached those same disciples who were by now hiding behind closed doors for fear of the persecutors. He greeted them always with the words, Peace be with you. He appeared unto them, but they were terrified and afraid and supposed that they were witnessing a spirit, an apparition, some ethereal manifestation. Doubt and fear still possessed them all, even though some amongst them had walked the evening before with him on the road to Emmaus, and whom when with them Jesus broke bread and blessed it, had their eyes opened and knew him. It was not until he showed them his wounds, until he opened their understanding, that they fully comprehended. Oh, that he might likewise open the eyes of our understanding as we behold his hands and feet, as we reflect upon his wounds, those same wounds which at another time caused Thomas to cry out, My Lord and my God. Have you ever considered the fact that when our Lord rose again from the dead, he retained in his body the marks of his passion, the hideous reminders of what he had suffered and endured on the cross before his resurrection. The disfigurement of his face, the scars from the crown of thorns placed on his brow, the gruesome traces of the whip biting and tearing away mercilessly into his flesh, the other telltale remnants of his torment and tribulation were no longer present. And it is obvious that he could readily have removed the wounds from his pierced hands and feet and his side also, had he so desired. But he did not. In fact, rather Jesus brought the attention of his disciples directly towards these marks with the desire in so doing of bestowing and imparting peace unto them. I am sure that in so doing he was desirous of firmly establishing his identity to them. 
that they would recognize that he was the very same Jesus who was nailed to the cross, whom they had deserted, and then when all was over, had carried to the tomb, lamenting the loss of their leader. I am sure that his visage was now quite different, now that he was resurrected, different from what it was after having wrestled as man in anguish to the point of sweating great drops of blood, of passing through extreme torture and suffering at the hands of the Roman soldiers, of having experienced the excruciating pain, the disfigurement of the cross, and passing finally through an agonizing death before being carried off in the evening to the sepulcher the last time they saw him. He was the same Jesus, but now he was standing before them in his spiritual body, and it is quite understandable that without his deeply graven marks upon him, they would scarcely recognize him. Though they looked directly into his face, there must have been a majesty about him which most of them had never seen before. They had only known him before as a man of sorrows and grief. Even upon the Mount of Transfiguration, only three of them witnessed him transfigured, and they fell asleep, and upon awakening were more focused on the presence of Moses and Elijah than Christ. But these nail prints, this pierced side, these were marks which they could not dispute, which unbelief itself could not doubt. But I believe that there is more, so very much more, as to why Jesus retained in his resurrected body these emblems of his suffering than just the certainty of recognition. These wounds are his heavenly glory, his connection to mankind, the trophies of his bearing our sins and iniquities through the death process right to the foot of his heavenly throne. They are his badges of honor, insignias of his love, just as a scar that has been received during the heat of battle is a symbol of honor to a soldier, a memorial to the fight, to the victory that has been won. Forever, throughout eternity, he is the sacrificial lamb, and his hands and feet, his pierced side, a poignant reminder as our intercessor of the price he paid. His wounds are constantly pleading and prevailing in heaven with the Father for those whom he has redeemed. He is the continual sacrifice and our priest who offered that sacrifice, a high priest who can be touched by our infirmities, who forever will bear the marks of our reproach upon his very being. One verse in our Old Testament reading today, verse 16 in Isaiah 49, embodies this truth which I am trying to express. Yea, a mother may forget her nursing child, yet will I not forget thee. For behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. How can we ever doubt his constant remembrance of us when the memorial of what he has done is there upon his very flesh? He does not say that he has graven thy names, but thee, everything about you, there engraved upon the very palms of his very own hands. He need not look far to find you, for you are there every time he looks at the palms of his hands. Jesus can never give anything, take anything, do anything, or hold anything without remembering 
his people, for we are graven upon the palms of his hands. When you seek comfort in this dark and cold world, look no further than the wounds of our Lord. For though he be God, though he be King of kings and Lord of lords, though he be creator of heaven and earth, he has chosen to wear the remembrance of his passion, his love for mankind, for you, for me, upon his very palms. Think upon his wounds, he the incarnate deity. Never forget the comforting truth that our God lived and bled and died in human form and bears those wounds of his love towards us so that we are always there before him. And alas, there's at least one more reason why Christ wears his wounds still and it is one that will be known by all. It is this. Christ is coming one day to judge the world in righteousness, seated upon the great white throne. And the Bible says that in that day they shall look on him whom they have pierced. They shall see for themselves the handiwork of their malice, their evil, their indifference to him in this world. Although the death of Christ was wrought by the hands of other men over 2,000 years ago, though those who are alive at his second coming were not complicit at Calvary that day, yet they nonetheless assent in their hearts every day that they hate Christ, that they reject his sacrifice, despise his love, and exhibit evidence in their hearts that they would have crucified the Lord of glory had they been there. When they laugh at those who serve and love him, when they despise his holy word, when they make fun of his commandments, they are as much as driving nails into his hands and feet and thrusting the spear into his side, crucifying him afresh and bringing him to open shame. Remember, these wounds are eternal.